A Tiny Revolution features adults having adult conversations, which means that adult language is probably going to be present, just so you know. Hey there, you're listening to A Tiny Revolution, a podcast featuring conversations with ordinary people living revolutionary lives. My name is Kevin Garcia, and welcome to episode 44. And y'all, I'm excited about this episode uh, for a few reasons. One, I'm always excited about the episodes. But two, I get to talk about something I rarely speak about, and that is the fact that I'm actually, indeed, a fraternity man. Um, I joined Sigma Phi Epsilon Fraternity in the fall of 2010, and I went all the way through the processes to become a brother mentor, and um, it was a really powerful experience for me, and I still have my closest friendships ever from that time in my life. So yeah, for me, like I was kind of an exception to what many of us see on the television. Now, I'm, I'm going to completely acknowledge the fact that fraternities have been the source of some serious patriarchal, misogynistic, racist uh, bullshit. That has happened on colleges' campuses, especially to women. Um, so I will fully, yeah, say that all the things that you've heard about, any sort of like bad press we've gotten, it's all true. And I will say that it is a problem that needs to be addressed immediately and still needs to be addressed on many college campuses across this country. Interestingly enough, though, I will say that for all the Animal House-style craziness you see on TV and movies, most of it is hyperbole. And many times there are beautiful exceptions to how Greek life is often portrayed. And me and Blake, who is my guest on the podcast today, our stories happen to be two of those exceptions. But before I get into that, I just want to make a quick announcement about GCN. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, uh, I'm already going to be in Denver. And I'm going to be leading worship and a workshop at the Gay Christian Network National Conference happening this weekend in Denver, Colorado. My session, which is called Bridges Over Battle Lines, a it's a it's a workshop about how to move the conversation around sexuality and faith beyond debate. Um, so if you want to get some really good tools on how to, you know, not just be fighting to defend your existence, um, come to my session. It's going to be on Saturday, 3 o'clock during Session C. I'm also going to be around the whole weekend, so feel free to just grab me and say hello. If I can, uh, if I can grab lunch or coffee with you, I will do my best. Uh, I am going to just say up front, though, I'm really uh, tired these days. I'm dealing with a lot in my personal life um, and just with some family stuff. So I need you to be patient with me. And if I can't hang out with you, it's, just, it's simply because I just I don't have the energy. Not that I don't like you, but I also need to take care of myself. Cool. Anyways, um, additionally. Before we jump into the conversation, I want to tell you about Patreon, and I'm sure you already know about this because you listen every week, and my question is, if you listen every week, have you become a patron? Are you helping uh, provide support to make this happen? If not, um, I'd like for you to consider becoming a sustaining partner. Why? Because podcasts are free, but they do cost something. They cost time, money, energy, and, uh, you know... You know, I'm, do, I'm doing work on this end to help make this uh, something amazing. And I don't want to, like, sell ad space on here. I don't want to become those person. I don't want to become that guy. Um, but it does mean a lot for you to become a sustaining partner so we can make more and better content. And the thing is, this work is helping people. Later on in the podcast, I'm going to share a story with a, that a friend of mine shared with me about how this work and uh, the content we're creating together is making a difference in the lives of real people in places other than small town USA. So to learn more about becoming a sustaining partner, go to patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia and learn more. Now that I've talked your ear off, let's get into the conversation. 
So me and Blake Haney, or Blake Haney and I, I suppose, because grammar is important, uh, we met online through a Facebook group for gay and queer Sigma Phi Epsilon brothers, and before that, I thought I was the only one. I mean, I knew that there had to be more, and people in my fraternity were gay, but I had no idea that there was such an extensive network of other gay and queer brothers that existed anywhere in the country. And that's where me and Blake connected, back when I posted my first ever coming out blog. And we've been homies ever since, and in the middle of last summer, we sat down on the Skype line to talk about being gay and being college Greeks, and also how our experience in SIGAP really shaped how we approached our faith and still kind of shapes how we approach our faith now. So though he is a Nashville-based individual, Blake is currently a candidate for a Master's of Theological Studies at Isla School of Theology in Denver, Colorado. Uh, Between being really good at Twitter and becoming sober in 2013, he's also a songwriter from time to time, and he's my brother. He joined SIGAP during his undergrad, and for him it was a very interesting experience, not only as he was wrestling with how to be a man along with his queer identity, he was also wrestling with his faith. He's going to cover a lot of his story in the interview, and Lord knows that I'm going to geek out during this interview a few times over shared experiences, but I think you're really going to enjoy this. So, in this conversation, we're talking about how being fraternity man taught us to, you know, value our own personhood as gay men, and also gave us the tools to strengthen our faith, and yeah, I, um, it's good. It's real good, you guys. So, grab a glass of whatever you fancy, call you, call a friend into the room, and if you're sick up listening to this, share this with your friends, because this is good press, honestly. Anyways, uh, this is my conversation with my brother, Blake Haney. I had zero intention of joining Same. a fraternity, um, which seems to be a lot of SIGEP's stories. Um, but my sisters had even mentioned something before I moved to Clarksville, which, side note for listeners, um, this is how small the world is. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Kevin. Uh, was a SIGEP in Virginia, correct? That is correct. Okay. Virginia Pie. So, Virginia Pie. So, I moved from home, which is Chattanooga, to Clarksville, Tennessee. Which is where Austin I grew Peak. up. Exactly. Yes. Teeny tiny world. Mm-hmm. We could have known each other had you not moved. Um, thanks a lot, military. Thanks a lot. I thought, I thought that's what it was. Mm-hmm. I thought it was military. Uh, so... My sisters were like, are you going to join a fraternity? And I was just thinking, where is this coming from? Because they've, my, my sister wasn't in a sorority. My oldest sister wasn't in a sorority. And mm-hmm. like, that just wasn't, I don't know, that just wasn't a thing. Um, and it always so happened that people that I saw over the summer who were a grade above me before going to college, so they'd already had a year under their belt would say, are you going to join a fraternity? And my mother would always be standing right beside me. And I was just like, no, not going to do that. Not probably. my thing. Not my not thing. Not my thing. I'm a good Christian boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you grow just, up in a Christian tradition? I did. Uh, we were raised independent Baptist, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, not a far cry from its Southern Baptist um, sibling. But um, parents, both of my parents taught Sunday school, mm-hmm. and um, my grandfather was a deacon and so we were pretty pretty firm in there so obviously there would have been a picture or an image of the fraternity boy lifestyle if mm-hmm. we're going to 
lifestyle an alternative lifestyle choice an alternative lifestyle choice um but we were driving we were driving up to move me move me to clarksville and i was my mom was riding with me and she she it was just really quiet she said you can go through recruitment if you want to and i was like okay because like this oh. isn't even something that you're thinking of, but everyone is just like right, <clears throat> right. So there must have been something about you that just screamed fraternity. Apparently, I guess so. Even though I'm an introvert, I'm a very I'm an extroverted introvert. I can turn it on when I need to. I, I can go from person to person. I can pretty much talk to anybody as long as your vibe's good. But yeah, yeah so I got up there, and my roommate, who was also my RA, hmm. was sick. And so the very first night, he in the dorm, he said, "Hey, um, do you want to go eat at Johnny's? You know what Johnny's is, right? Is that uh, oh man? Um, well, like the thing about me living in Clarksville is I lived out in like rural Clarksville, like closer to Dover, really. So you were oh okay, oh gosh, Dover. Yeah. Good so time. so like um, Montgomery County, like way out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, Johnny's was right across from campus. At the time, it was like this 24-hour burger joint. Um, they're infamous for what's known as the bunning cream, which is just a fried honey bun, like on a grill, like one of those old-school grills, mm. and like ice cream on top of it. Now that sounds like heaven. Yeah, it also sounds like diabetes. Absolutely. And so, <laughs> and so uh, the first night we went there, and he said, I got to run by the cigarette house for a minute. And I was just like, my stomach just started like nod, nodding up. And I was like, oh, okay, uh, cool. So <laughs> we go. And I, it, in my head, I'm thinking keg in the front yard, half naked people or completely naked people going to be running around. It's like, it's going to be a animal house. Animal house. Right. Yeah, exactly. And. We pulled up, and every light in the house was turned off. And I was like, okay. Like, what's about to happen to me? Like, do they know I'm coming? Uh, and so we walk in, and it's there's no one home. There's, like, no one home. <laughs> and so there goes stereotype number one from my head. So over the next couple of weeks, the more I met people, mm-hmm. I, I met a lot of different guys in the first few weeks of school. And I mean different. Like they were all, like there was n- no carbon copy of another person, mm-hmm. which was very, very influential for me because I was obviously, I was closeted. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, maybe there's room for me here. Yeah. Some, yeah. Somewhere in here. So did and, you know, I assume like you knew that you were gay from like teenage years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually, to be honest, probably knew um, single digits without mm. knowing without knowing a word for it. Um, yeah. Without having a label to put on it. And then definitely by by teenage years when hormones middle, kicked in. Hormones and middle school and all of that stuff kicked in. I definitely 100% knew. At yeah. That point. So you're closeted. You're meeting people. And then what happened? And then I went through recruitment. I went through the recruitment process. And, and y'all, y'all allow recruitment in the fall, right? Right. Like you can join yeah. as a freshman. 
Right. You can join as a freshman, first semester, mm-hmm. um, no deferred recruitment or anything. Yeah. All of my, a majority of my friends went to the University of Tennessee at Knoxville. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to kind of do my own thing. Two guys I went to high school with went to Austin P as well. Uh, we all decided we were going to go through recruitment and we were all set on SIGEP. So we get in there the first night, which was room rotations where each fraternity has kind of yeah. their setup and their spiel and all of that stuff. It's like, here are 10 reasons why you should join SIGEP because we got great grades, great people <laughs> with opportunity. Exactly. Um, Sigma Chi showed us their housing, like the, the blueprint for their new house. Um, it's 12 years later and that house still hasn't been built. No shade, no shade, but But like a little bit, (laughs) a little bit of shade. So we get in there and so like, there's an odd group. So we like, we're kind of placed in this holding room while the other ones are going. So like each, I don't know, I don't know the math. So we're all sitting there. They go over the requirements for recruitment, uh, just as a reminder for people, apparently. And my, Two friends, they say the GPA, and my two friends look at each other and then look at me and then say, well, we're out. So they get up and walk out. And so I'm left here to go through this recruitment experience by myself. I was mortified. Uh, but I got I felt like I felt like it took forever to get to SIGAP's room because there were people I knew in there. Mm-hmm. And I, that was another indicator of like, okay, I need to see people I've been talking to for Mm-hmm. the past bunch of weeks and so i finally get in there and i don't want to leave it gets to friday and i remember this day like for everything else i've forgotten over the like four and a half years that i was in college mm-hmm. i still remember this day i was sitting in the cafeteria eating mashed potatoes because the calf had bomb mashed potatoes <laughs> and my roommate was sitting with me and his girlfriend at the time. And she said, Blake, have you gone to check your bid? And I was like, no, like, cause I was, I was just kind of putting it off. Like I didn't, I didn't it's know. It's nerve wracking. Yeah. It's nerve wracking. It's so, so nerve wracking. My roommate gets this like grin on his face and he's like, you should really go look. And so I go, and I'm walking past the, like... So do they, like, post it on, a, like, a board? Like, just who got bids or what? You no, know, you get a manila envelope, and each fraternity puts a bid in mm-hmm. your envelope if they if they want you. Yeah. So as to not, like, do the old-school sports team, like, is my name here, I guess. Yeah, I don't but... I get my envelope, and... So would, people, would people get empty envelopes, though? Is yeah. That... Wow, that's yeah. ooh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of sad. Yeah, dang. Um, and there was one bit in there, and it was for say up. And you're like, so yeah. I was like, well, there's that. So I called my mom. I said, so I joined say up. And because I'd been talking about it a little bit mm-hmm. over the the first couple of weeks of school, and she said. That's great. You have to know my mom. My mom is very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get that from her. She said, that's great. What does that mean? <laughs> and I was like, it means I'm in a fraternity and I have a bunch of new friends now. And yeah, 
I, I know I rambled off a bunch of stuff just because I was in the moment and I had all this adrenaline from mm-hmm. getting my bid and then calling her and all of this this stuff. But I still I still use that moment where my mom said, "That's great. What does that mean?" I use that as a, a teachable moment for my undergrads mm-hmm. about defining the rest of like defining the rest of their experience and what happens over the next four years. Mm-hmm. So that's great. You join Sayet. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And what's it going to mean? So yeah, that was that was a big day for me. And yeah. I haven't, haven't looked back. I didn't actually join Sayet till my junior year. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So funny enough, um I actually rushed Greek life sophomore year in the fall. And rush the gap. So, like, in the fall, it's, like, you just rush, like, one that you're, like, really interested in. And I was interested in the gap. So, um, because, like, I had friends join the, the year before. And, like, that's what I want to do. So, that fall, I was told at, like, night three of, like, going to, like, rush nights. Um, we don't think that you... We don't know if this is going to be a good fit for you. And so, I stopped showing up. Uh-huh. And I was pretty crushed. I was like, damn, that, that hurts. Um, and in the spring, I tried to rush uh, Kappa Delta Rho, which is like a much smaller, uh, smaller fraternity. So they still have a, a national organization, but like they're much mm-hmm. smaller. Um, didn't get a bid to KDR. And I was like, you know what? I'm done doing Greek life. Like, this is not my thing. Um, but every single summer, like I worked with orientation and I was a campus leader and I was pretty well known and I was going to be an RA that fall. And that fall, like, a bunch of people on staff with me were SIG EPS. And they're like, you should come out to recruitment. I said, well, I already did that once, and, like, y'all didn't want me then. So, like, and I said, well, we weren't in at the time, so maybe you should reconsider. I'm like, I don't know. Like, this all seems just like, 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 why do I need this? Like, that's my big thing. It's like, why do I need this? Why, like, what's the benefit? Because I have friends, I'm doing my own thing. But that fall, like, my junior year was, like, when shit started hitting the fan for me. Like, I realized that I... Um, like my dad, like, was getting remarried, and that was dramatic for me. Um, I was finally starting to realize that, like, this whole gay thing isn't going away, and I'd been suppressing it. Like, I was kind of, like, in and out of the closet. Like, people knew that I was attracted to guys, but I was trying really, really hard to not date guys anyways. Mm-hmm. Um junior year hit so like i started therapy for the first time and my friends had come to rush and he's like what's the worst that could happen and that's always like the thing that i remember is just like either the same thing will happen and it'll confirm my suspicions about these assholes is that they're just a bunch of assholes um and it's a good old boys club and like also just like even even then even though i wasn't out i was still pretty loud and i was still fairly flamboyant you know i was the the mess that you see before you now um what a beautiful mess that's what the lord is doing for me you know (laughs) just a beautiful mess but the lord uses me anyways thank god um and so i go and um i remember meeting a bunch of guys and i think the thing that i saw and that i wanted was like this deep sense of camaraderie and that these people like these guys had each other's back and i in the music department, where I like spent most of my time, that wasn't the case. It was very competitive. It was very self-driven. And it, the, the idea of virtue, diligence, brotherly love, of people not just talking about values but living them out, I'm just like, that seems appealing to me. And I also hadn't been going to church for a long time. 
And so, like, I was kind of searching for some sort of spirituality um, in that mix, too. And a lot of Sigup's values being that were founded by mostly Baptist pastors. It was like, you know, yeah. maybe uh, maybe this is a thing. And so by the end of the week, I, I was I was pretty set on, like, wanting it. And um, I actually, like, there was, like, a, a, a formal, we're going to hand out your bid nights by invitation only. And I got invited, but I was an RA at the time, and I had a program I had to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. And so the guy was like, no, just meet me by the fountain at, like, 7 o'clock, and um, I'll talk to you then. Not saying whether I got a bid or not. Right. Just saying, meet me by the fountain. I was like, <laughs> And so he rolls up, and he, like, hands me an envelope and says, take this back to your room. Open it at 10 o'clock. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> and I'm like... Yes, sir. <laughs> so we're sitting there and like they ask you, what does virtue mean to you? What does brotherly love mean to you? Like, what does diligence mean to you? And they're talking and like, you know, I give my like poetic answers because I'm really good on my, I'm fast on my feet um, mm-hmm. and I'm a writer. So, um, <laughs> so um, the answer is said, well, Kevin, um, after talking with the brothers and deeply considering your desire to join Sigma Phi Epsilon, we believe that you actually don't belong anywhere. Pause, pause, pause. And I'm just like, what the f-? I almost like go off and then they said, you don't belong anywhere except for SIGAP. And I was like, <gasps> you know. Congratulations, you're the winner of this challenge. <laughs> yeah, so it's, um, that was how I joined. And it was lovely and wonderful. And I... I was so glad that I did it. And I always look back on those. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking. I, I look back on those years and it's like, I think this thing that Sigep taught me the entire time, like the biggest lesson I took away from it was like, there is no wrong way to be a guy. I was hoping you were going to bring up that statement because I heard you say it on Exvangelical, which is the reason why I was like, I would love to pick his brain about Sigep, like Sigep stuff hmm. just for that, com- just for that comment alone, just because it stuck out to me yeah because i was like that's so true and i've never heard anyone say it that way Mm -hmm. yeah i thought there was like the thing i kept remembering was like we had all sorts of like it's kind of like you said there was all sorts of people that were in my chapter so we had like you know super brainiacs and we had super like fratty athletes we had um guys who were very uh emotionally driven people who were you know we had we were like, like especially like, um, as far as like color of skin too. Just like we had black people, Hispanic people. Mm. Um, yeah. We had like we were the first campus person on campus to have um, three Muslims in our fraternity, which was pretty wow. Dope. Yeah. Um, and like in so for a non NPHC organization, we were fairly diverse, and as we grew, we also were the most uh, diverse in sexual orientation too. Like I was Chris Ojeda before me was one and then our found one of our founding fathers was another gay person but like i remember like over the years like people told me like yeah i voted against you initially because you were super super flamboyant and i didn't think that was a good thing for us so it was really cool to know that i helped ha- i had a hand in changing people's minds about gay people right um but it was a, I, I still didn't even come out till september 2015 really come out but like my big brother like when he when we were doing a uh, hoop of steel when he graduated said kevin 
you're really gay, and I wish that you would just accept it because we love you because of that. And like, I just started I was like, I just, I don't know, I don't. <laughs> but yeah, it was like the the like the idea that like there's no wrong way to be a guy was the thing that really stuck out to me. Like it, like the ideas of just like you know, virtue and diligence and brotherly love are not predicated on my uh, machismo. Mm. And they, they don't have anything to do with whether I'm sleeping with a woman and they don't have anything to do with whether or not I'm actually a good athlete. It's predicated on uh, my character, my action. And what I think is very interesting is that I learned that in my fraternity. I was not learning that in church. Oh. Mm. What's it, so this is where like I think... Oh. oh, you hit me right there. <laughs> yeah. So I... At the same time I joined SIGEP, I also joined my church at the time because one of my fraternity brothers um, invited me. And I was like, well, I haven't been to church in a while. Why not? And I just fell in love with my church. Like, they were love and lovely and kind. Um, and I finally felt connected to God. And like a very, it was a very Pentecostal church. Mm-hmm. And so that, uh, that uh, brand of very expressive Christianity appealed to me. Um, but I definitely learned in church that there was a right way to be a guy, a biblical man, so mm. to speak. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was very hard to like navigate that space because like I felt it was very I felt conflicted a lot of the time. Isn't is but it's so it's so strange the just you saying that the fact that you would have to hide who you are in a church. And then walk out and go to your fraternity house and be the person you are. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't blow a stereotype out of the water, I don't know what does. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I had a really, really hard time. Like, I was definitely one person at church and one person um, on, on on campus. And so, and the, my, my church and my school were only like, a mile away from each other too. So it was like a physical distance where I turned something on and off and it was so sad. Yeah. But so like being that you gay Christian, like, did you always like want to pursue uh, like a master's? Are you, are you doing an MDiv at Vanderbilt? I'm doing MTS actually at ILIF school of theology now. I'm ah, mm-hmm. good for yeah. you. Yeah. So I can pay my bills. It was either going to be Bandy or uh, Emory, mm-hmm. just because of the distance. It was pretty much both were equidistant from home, mm-hmm. um, two hours both ways. So um, I, I'm sorry, I just can't get down with Atlanta. It makes me anxious. The city, like I get so like I can't when I'm in like Marietta. Like, my body starts tensing. And well, that's because like, Marietta's awful. Uh, well, no. It means I'm on in the pr- in process of going through the portals of hell. Like, that's how I feel about Atlanta. And it's no shade to Atlanta. It's just there's so many people and so many cars. Mm-hmm. And having to drive down there. Oh, I would it's ra- hell. I would ra- yeah. My, yeah. I would rather do anything else than than drive through atlanta um yeah that's why that's why i stick to my side of town most of the time it's just like we have to go 20 minutes to midtown hell no yeah 
Um, let me circle back and answer your actual question. Um, no, the, it, <laughs> this was in the same way that being in a fraternity was not something I'd considered. This is something I'd ne- like never crossed my mind. And it was only, I've, I've always been very, I've, it's, it's always been hard for me to accept an answer. I want to know the why of things. Mm-hmm. So in Sunday school, I was always the one asking why, mm-hmm. like, why is that this way? Or that's not, that's not what I read. Like maybe mm. like just straight up being like, you're wrong about that. So, um, I've always been like an avid reader. And so I, somewhere in high school, I, I started reading a lot into other faiths. Mm. Um, I wrote, we had to write about, in in 10th grade, we had to do a project where we wrote about an ism or comparing isms. So I chose monotheism. Mm -hmm. And so I obviously looked at the big three. Mm -hmm. And I think it it was in that moment where I kind of started going off on a a path that I would never be able to turn. Like I would never be able to go back. Yeah. Uh, once, once your, br- once your brain starts expanding, like it's pretty hard to like mm-hmm. to go in reverse. And it's like, once you know something, you can't unknow something. Right. I'd grown up with, and, and I'm, I'm, I consider myself very, not even sarcastic hashtag blessed, but to, I grew up with two, Muslim friends mm-hmm. from from kindergarten through high school. Mm-hmm. And so I saw a side of Islam that a lot of people don't, especially in the South, mm-hmm. haven't had that exposure to. 9-11 hits. Wow. Yeah. And I'm suddenly seeing my friend, I'm suddenly seeing all eyes go their direction. And one boy, I remember grabbed my friend's hijab off of her head like just straight up tore it off wow and yeah and like to this day that sticks with me because she never did like she didn't she didn't know what to do except to run like run to a bathroom Mm -hmm. and but just because she was so embarrassed and I only heard about it like it was, you know, secondhand news. Word travels fast in the hallways. But having an exposure to someone else's pain opened me up to okay, this is all 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 of this is about the human experience and how we live into capital T truth. And as long as you're doing good for others and you're not harming yourself or others. I think I was like, what's, what's the problem? What's Mm -hmm. the big deal? We'll be back with more of this conversation after this brief break. Like I said, at the beginning of this podcast, I wanted to share with you a quick story about how the work we're doing here is reaching other folks across the globe. My friend Matthew Vines was in Mexico recently, and he met a new friend through Instagram who, and then later on that night, they sent me the following message. Hola, Kevin. Estamos en la Ciudad de México. 
he, I just met uh, Luis tonight through Instagram, actually. We had dinner, and he was telling me about how your videos were helpful to him and his coming out and just reconciling his faith and sexuality. So do you just want to uh, Hola, Kevin. Mi nombre es Luis. Um, hi, uh, I just wanted to tell that I'm a big fan of yours. I always follow your uh, follow and read your blogs. I follow you in social media. I think you're a great person, and, and I think you're an inspiration for many of us that are trying to live uh, our sexualities and our faiths uh, at the same time. Uh, I've heard about your story, and it's really inspiring. Such as this guy. So, and thank you guys for what you're doing, and and thank you for being an inspiration for us all. Bye -bye. Adios. Y'all, that's crazy. A person, a real-life person somewhere in Mexico City named Luis uh, has been impacted by something that we've done here together. And yes, I say we because without the support of listeners like you, those videos don't get produced. These podcasts don't happen because, they, like I said at the top of the show, it costs money and energy. And if I don't have your support, I don't pay my bills is what it really comes down to. Um, and I can't produce my content if I have to work like 60 hours a week and I have been able to significantly lower how long I have to be in the restaurant because of your support so I can pour into things like this. So my challenge to you is this. If you're somebody who's been listening for a while and you've got a couple bucks uh, left over at the end of the month, I'd really love for you to throw it my way. It allows me to create podcasts and blogs and videos that speak to the queer and progressive Christian experience. And honestly, if you're somebody who has money to go out for drinks, eat out a couple times a week, maybe has the money that you spend on Netflix, um, I'm sure that you have a couple bucks to throw my way towards content creation. Honestly, any amount helps, and there are perks associated with being a sustaining partner, so what do you have to lose? Nothing. What do you have to gain? So many things. Friendship, notoriety, the feeling of uh, giving back to your community, the feeling of making a dent in the cis-heteropatriarchy. I mean, like, come on, y'all. Y'all, it's not too late to have a New Year's resolution, so why don't you make your resolution to be more generous? Become a sustaining partner, and let's make more content that speaks to the queer and progressive Christian experience together. You can learn more about that and all the sweet perks associated with by becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash thekevingarcia. One more time, that's patreon.com slash thekevingarcia. Okay, I'm done talking your ear off. Back to the show. So all of those things kind of sent me down a path that was bucking up against um, this more conservative background where the bible is you know infallible and you know right down to the right down to the the last period it's all yeah it's all god it's all god's word yeah and not one not one mark will be taken from the law it says so except for the fact that we left a lot of stuff out at the council of nicaea boom, 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 boom. <laughs> seminary talk um yes and so i was like okay I, I didn't think I didn't think about it a lot. I was busy trying to get through college, and mm -hmm. I was. Uh, and when I let me take that back, my my definition of getting through college was drinking a lot, mm -hmm. going to class, and hoping I didn't fail tests and papers. Mm -hmm. uh, which, um, for those listening, my. My drinking habits and my drinking problems were not caused by my fraternity. Mm -hmm. uh, they were caused by, oh, here's this thing that can numb 
my feelings and emotions about being in the closet. Mm. Yeah. I had in my brain a definition of what masculinity was and what it took. Um, never mind that I wasn't paying attention to the fact that some guys weren't drinking because they didn't want to. Um, they weren't pressured to do so. And I, again, six, I may, I tend to think of like a worst possible scenario. So if I'm drinking, I'm trying to fit in and fit a, a, a picture in my head of what masculinity is, which apparently is drinking yourself into oblivion. Mm. Um, all while hiding the fact that I am gay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took me some time to really start changing who I was, like my drinking. Like I, I had a process where I would like how I would go about buying alcohol, like how, mm-hmm. If I was halfway done with a bottle, that meant I had to go to the liquor store to get another bottle to go ahead and start that one when I finished this bottle. Like, mm-hmm. I had a process. And one night I did not do that. And so I'd finished the bottle. I was like halfway drunk. Mm-hmm. And I got in my bed at the cigab house, called, like, I, it was a bunk bed, um, crawled up into bed after drinking for a while. And I just started thinking about things. I thought about my nieces and nephews, and I thought about what am I like really actually, what am I doing? And I looked at our school's website, and I knew we had counseling. I just, like, I didn't know what it entailed. And mm-hmm. so the next day, I made a, a schedule and appointment with the alcohol counselor on campus. And that led to my first round of sobriety, um, which lasted about a year. And mm-hmm. in that year, like it's funny I use a I use a a term associated with alcohol or wine or whatever, but like if I could bottle a year, hmm. it would be that one. Hmm. Um, everything was just magic like i had my first 4.0 that year like that semester i I quit in march of 2010 i got a 4.0 that semester um i quit smoking in march april no no no. i kept smoking up until june and then um i got my heart broken and i was about 215 pounds at the time Hmm. And I worked at the Y, the YMCA. And one day after my shift, I got on a treadmill. And I, it felt like I didn't get off for like three months. And I eventually, like over the course of that summer, I lost 50 pounds. Yeah. Um, and I was like in the best shape of my life. And mostly I did it for the look on his face when he would see me again, which Mm -hmm. was delivered. It was delivered unto Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hunty, got that snatched body to show it off. Oh, Um, it was so for the wrong reasons, though. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't because I needed to to get healthy it was because i wanted to make someone 
realized what they had. Mm-hmm. And then I got a, another 4.0 and then I, I graduated um, at the end of December of that year. And, um, but it was in that final semester, I took a course called um, the Bible and Literature. And the, <clears throat> he pretty much said the first day, he said, if you treat this like Sunday school, you're not going to pass this class. Mm-hmm. And so we read the text as literature, as Elizabethan, like literature. We were reading the King James Version. Um, we were looking at scholarly commentary, which had nothing to do with my, how that like, how this applies to my immortal soul. It was, this is what, this is the message Luke wanted his audience to hear. This is the message Matthew wanted his audience to hear. Mm -hmm. And it completely changed my life. Hmm. Like it was probably that course that got me where I am now. Because it was there where I thought, this can be questioned, this can be wrestled with, this can be interpreted in multiple ways, and there's a whole history behind it that I'm not aware of. Yeah. Until now. And so that was my spark where I said, so if that's possible, then me being gay might not be such a bad thing. Because if they're wrong about, possibly wrong about this, then they're possibly wrong about this. That's where it always starts. It's like, there's always just like one little chink in the armor. It's just like, wait, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> if the, if they, and, that was, and I think that's also the reason why so many people are afraid to question anything. Because it is that same thing. If I'm wrong about this, what else am I wrong about? Right. And your whole structure can fall apart. Because right. you built a, you built a faith that is a house of cards. Mm. You pull one card out of there, that whole thing is gone, you know. And that's 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 what Western Christianity looks like right now. It's just this very touchy, very fragile system that is ruthlessly defended. Um, yeah. that, that's that's how it was for me. Um, of course, like I graduated and then I became a missionary <laughs> and <laughs> same. <laughs> no, truly. You became a missionary after you graduated. No, I didn't know. Oh. I did not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but it was, I, uh... <laughs> I was already okay with, I was mostly okay with myself. It's like, I had f- like a five year college experience where like, or at least three of those five years where like I was loved for who I was. And so I knew what it felt like, um, because of my fraternity brothers wasn't until I went to the other side of the world that I realized that, you know, God loved me the same way. You know, I think in many ways, like, Sigep saved me in a lot of ways, I think. I mean, I think about, like, the relationships I still have with some of those guys. It's, like, that that shared bonding experience, like, and just someone, like, for, like, my, my, my big brother, raging atheist, um, as he would put it. Um, but... He loves me, like, like, so fiercely and wants the best for me. And, like, cont- we continue to keep up. We call at least once a week still. How interesting. Super interesting. I think when I came out to my fraternity before I came out to my family. Mm-hmm. Like, I came, I came out to, 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 
to my chapter before I came out to my parents. And I think that if my parents are listening to this, <laughs> um, I would hope that they don't, you know, blame themselves for, for any of that. But like, I think it speaks volumes about what a bunch of dudes, mostly straight are capable of and how much love mm-hmm. they're able to show to another, another dude who just happens to like dudes Mm-hmm. And I remember one one brother, um, especially close to, he's the current AVC president. Um, we joined together, and I told him I was so the night that um, Barack Obama won the election mm. in two thousand eight. I texted him, and he's a fairly he's a fairly laid back guy. Loves NASCAR. Um, loves camping. Praise, uh, praise God. Yeah. He's yeah. He but he's he's not super country, but he he lives he lives out there. And um, I told him I was just so like inspired by that whole night mm-hmm. that like I had tears in my eyes and I just started texting and I was like I just wanted to tell you this because. Um, Barack Obama is going to be the president now and because I'm feeling really hopeful about things for the first time in a long time um, I'm gay and he was like he just responded back and said cool um, if anybody gives you any trouble I'll beat their ass and I was just like yeah yeah thank you thank yeah. you so much and like um, isn't it interesting that a group of of men who is like associated like you know, the only thing, like, the only thing you see about fraternities in the news is, like, you know, when stupid shit happens. You never hear this story. You never hear about, like, I found hope mm-hmm. with this group of people. I found a shelter and a sanctuary when, like, my church could not be that sanctuary for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, granted, like, you know, we had our own problems in our chapter and, like, especially, like, how certain guys treated women, but like for the most part, like we didn't, we didn't take a lot of bullshit from guys. Right. And I think we lived up to the virtues that we claim to stand for in many ways. You know, I don't, I couldn't say like if the person I am now would have joined a fraternity, but like at the time I needed that. Mm. Like I needed a, a space to belong and to like, and to learn how to be a, be a guy in many ways. Like I just wasn't comfortable in my own skin. It's, it's very, and it's very telling that, you know, a fraternity could be a space where one could learn to love themselves as God loves them. And yet in a church, I didn't learn that. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and same, and, you know, same in many respects, I assume for you, it's like you, that's the place where you learned like love for self because you learned how to love others well too. Yeah. Um, which is actually, uh, you're taking a little piece out of the Jenkins lesson, what we call the Jenkins <gasps> lesson. Yes, the Jenkins yes. lesson. Yeah. So um, for those listening who have no idea what we're talking about. Go um, get yourself a bell, Rob. Yeah. I use, yeah, good old Lifetime Responsibility of Brotherhood book, um, or the black book as we call it. Um, so that's that's where my whole volunteer spiel starts is with the Jenkins lesson. Um, 
when I first joined, it was we had tests. So it was like one of the questions was summarize the Jenkins lesson. And it was just like essentially like love God, love your neighbor uh, as yourself. And that was it. Like that was you got full credit. And so my when I started at Vandy and I started taking these classes, it hit me like a sledgehammer. I was like, I have been going about this because I'd been volunteering with the chapter for a while Mm. up until that point. And I was like, I am going about this the completely wrong way. Mm -hmm. Um, Because to a certain extent, I didn't understand. I didn't understand our rites of passage and I didn't understand things like the Jenkins lesson until I, until I finally started digging into scripture. And I was like, there are so many lessons that are missed Mm-hmm. by not engaging those things. And yeah. so it's like, how how can I, as a volunteer who is in uh, divinity school, how can I translate that over into lessons and like, you know, teachings for these guys, aside from being the guy who's just like, why did you guys have an unregistered party, blah, 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 blah. Instead, going about it, okay, so the Jenkins lesson, which... Quick rundown for anyone who's listening who has no idea what we're talking about. Carter Ashton Jenkins was one of our founders, main founder guy. Go, go Carter Ashton. Um, and he, there's a story um, where essentially he's studying Greek um, like a good New Testament student would be, mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming, because... That's that, what he was studying. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming he was studying Greek to study the New Testament. Um, At Richmond College, 1901. Look at him. Um, And so he falls asleep, and he has this dream, and in this dream, like, the world is in chaos, and, um, you know, it's brother against brother, Mm -hmm. sister against sister, family members against each other, and friends and such. And then he wakes up, and he falls back asleep, and everything is peaceful and beautiful and in harmony. And uh, he asked the angel, there's this angel that's going along with him. And he asked, you know, what's, why was the change? What happened? And the angel doesn't say anything. The angel just points to scripture and it's Matthew's version of the greatest commandment. Mm-hmm. You know, love the Lord your God with all of your whole being um, and love your neighbor, you know, as you love yourself. Um, and that's how, thus the name of Sigma Phi Epsilon was born. Um, so I looked at that and thought, I didn't fully understand this. I'm 28. Mm-hmm. 18 year olds going to get this? Like, Mm-mm. they're just skimming so that they know an answer. So I. I took this to a retreat last year and said, okay, guys, you've all heard, the, you've all read the Jenkins lesson, you've all answered that question, you've all given a one answer, like one sentence answer. I was like, let's dig deep into this and see what we can pull out. Mm-hmm. I was like, Carter Ashton Jenkins falls asleep and has a dream. Come on. That's freaking weird, first of all, if we take it. First of all. Um, he's placing himself in a line in line with biblical dreamers like the Josephs, and I'm like, 
he's putting himself in this almost prophetic mm-hmm. role. And I was like, you get to scripture, anytime you get to scripture, you got to ask what's going on here. What's the context? I was like, and furthermore, guys, we need to have a serious conversation about it, what it means to be a guy in 2016 and love yourself. And like the room got like really silent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so here's the thing. I know what being a guy is like. I know your pressures and I know your anxieties. Mm-hmm. Are you taking care of yourself? How are you taking care of yourself? Because if you can't do that first, forget everybody else. As, as RuPaul once said. If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Could I get an amen in here? Amen. amen. Now let the music play. Um, Dear old fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> You're yes. welcome. Yes. That's brilliant. Um, Gosh. But no, and then I told him, I said, whether this was the founder's intention or not, I said, okay, so how, how do you love yourself? I was like, where do you even start? I said, how about a sound mind? Mm-hmm. How about a sound body? Mm-hmm. How about a sound spirit? I was mm-hmm. like, it's kind of there. We just never talk about it. It's like, hidden in plain sight. The best wisdom is hidden in plain sight. Yes. I said, so... You know, go through, like, put these, write these things down. And, you know, as far as your mind goes, like, what are you, what are you reading every day? Like, what are you taking in? Like, are you looking at social media and first thing in the morning? Guilty. But, like, which leads, which has been, studies have shown, which can lead to depression. So, like, what are you feeding your brain? Like, mm-hmm. we talk about a sound body, like, are you taking care of yourself? Are you eating right? Are you, you know, physically active in some way that physically. makes you help healthy? Exactly. And like spirit, like what are you doing? Like you, you don't have to believe in God to be in our fraternity. That's you know one of the the things we say. Um, but you know what? What are you doing that brings you joy? What brings you goodness? Yeah. Like, or what connects you what with you, your higher self? Exactly. And so, like, if you're not assessing those things, you know, you're going to wind up treating other people like garbage because yeah. you're treating yourself like garbage. And or out of the out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth doth speak. Yeah, man, uh, I'm feeling so nostalgic right now. I'm glad. I'm glad. Like, I, could be- I, I remember like leading retreats because like. What's so interesting, too, is, like, all these things that you were saying, like, I remember, like, I mean, I've had, like, these weird mystical experiences since I was a kid, and so, like, going through ritual, like, I, and, like, observing the ritual, like, the second time after I'd already gone through it, I was able to see different things, like, differently, the the, the deeper esoteric symbolism of everything, mm-hmm. um, and those things taught me so much about, like, what it meant to follow Christ, to be mm-hmm. to be quite frank, just like talking about um, uh, Matthew uh, five forty eight, be perfect, therefore as your Father in heaven is perfect. And I'm just like, what does that even mean? Like, how do we do that? And then we would always say, just like we're gonna live the ritual, live the ritual every day. Well, like, and we often talked about just like we can never perfectly fulfill, you know, what the ritual stands for. We can never perfectly fulfill virtue, diligence, and brotherly love. But 
that does not mean I will not strive for it. Mm. And like mm-hmm. that, that hit me. I was just like, oh, that's just like Matthew five forty eight. Be perfect, right? And and it blows my mind because I don't. I understand why headquarters would want to back away from the conversation because it can favor one tradition over another. Um, but this is what I've told, I've told the guys before. I've said, you do not have to be a Christian. You do not have to be a person of faith to look at something and say, I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Or I think there's, I think there's something bigger there and yeah. I'm willing to have that conversation. And that's part of having a sound mind is being able to entertain conversations, mm-hmm. but not, not accept yeah what you know it's like i can see yeah. that because there's like follow that, yeah because within within all of this it's uh there's there's universal truth so that, like that transcend just a particular religious experience or religious tradition next time you do a retreat invite me let me come out there i would okay. so drive up in a heartbeat you don't like i'll just be an observer be <laughs> this a... is this is kevin he's just here to stare it's <laughs> like Hey, 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 boys. Kevin's going home now. <laughs> that was my conversation with brother Blake Haney. Blake is mostly off social media because he's one of those like normal people who likes to maintain his mental health. Weird, right? But if you want to, he's on Twitter at Blake Haney 615. That's Blake, B-L-A-K-E, Haney, H-A-N-E-Y 615. And on the Instagrams at Blake Haney underscore. And if you want to learn more about our fraternity, um, you can go to SIGA.org. Special thanks to all of my sustaining partners on Patreon. Honestly, couldn't do it without you guys. And once again, if you want to support the creation of this podcast and content like it, you can go to Patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia. And on top of that, if you wouldn't mind, leave me a review for the show on iTunes. That simple act seriously helps with visibility and connecting other people with the work we're doing here. It takes two seconds. You can do it on your device, not while you're driving, honestly, but do it when you get to work, before you go in. Or maybe while you're on the toilet at work, because you know that you're using your phone while you're on the toilet. Be real with yourself. We all do it. Um, you can connect with me on all the social media at thekevingarcia.com and follow me on social media on the YouTubes, youtube.com slash hello, I'm Kevin. That's it. That's everything for me. Go see your therapist. Take a nap. Eat something yummy. Talk to your family about the casual racism you have going on and the emotional energy that you expend trying to fight the cis white heteropatriarchy. And uh, go see Black Panther this weekend. Those are all of my personal plugs. <laughs> okay, hopefully I'm going to see you at GCN. If not, I'll see you on the internet somewhere. I'll see you around. Uh, Once again, my name is Kevin Garcia. This was a tiny revolution, and I love you. Let's talk again soon, okay? Bye.